Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. We are bringing you a season of backstories with the theme, A New Normal. Telling the stories of us all adjusting to life in the midst of this corona outbreak. We hope you find some comfort in hearing other people's stories. They have all been recorded remotely, obviously, so we apologise for any sound blips. Hello. Hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. So here we are again, Susie. I know. Uh, another week another week in another week yes chalk it up and this week to introduce a little bit of structure and direction um to this conversation yeah could do with that yeah you know let's face it that's what we're all after at the moment isn't it yeah um i've got five questions and we're going to ask each other the questions okay all right great yeah fire away number one yeah when have you felt like you were winning this week Oh, that's a toughie. Um, well, I had, I'm not sure if it was this week or last week. It's all kind of blending into one. Yeah. But I did have a day where I did Joe Wicks in the morning and then had my three children around the table. So there was A-level English, there was GCSE maths, and I was doing some kind of Viking thing for year four. And, right. you know, I felt very briefly like I was nailing it. But that was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Right at the beginning, I think. Wasn't it? Well, it, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, basically, it's gone downhill <laughs> since then. And yeah, I think I did go a bit too full on. And so, you know, it's a very temporary feeling of winning. But oh. definitely, I've slacked off since then. And actually, we're all much happier. So and actually, Saturday, I had a really good day. It was beautiful weather. I was in the garden painted my floorboards and felt that kind of sense of achievement from getting jobs done. So that was all good. And also actually just, I've got loads of, loads of positives here. We did get my mum onto Zoom, which was amazing because it was her 80th birthday. And yeah, yeah. And we planned a party, but of course, you know, Susie's mum, should she listen to this podcast, which doesn't very often, but well, maybe if I tell her that, you know, she gets a mention, she might listen to this one if she she can figure it out. Um, but yeah, how was she, was she really disappointed? Like not to be doing much on her. Well, it had all been a surprise. So one of my brothers was coming over from Argentina. She didn't know about that. We had a party planned. Luckily it was all a surprise. She hadn't looked forward to it. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah we did anything now couldn't you, you absolutely like, yeah we had a cruise do. planned we you know we'd yeah. we'd ordered a 10 foot ice sculpture 
Um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> she had to settle for Zoom, but it was lovely. And oh. she was able to manage the tech and actually we had a really lovely time. So yeah, that was good. Brilliant. How about you? Oh. Any winners for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been a week of highs and lows, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been some moments where I've just been in the garden or what have you, and I've looked across and I've thought, this is pretty idyllic, you know, like we're just digging away or the chickens are pecking around us. There was a moment when I was doing a World War II project with both of them. Oh. And we were talking That's about evacuation. Ambitious. Is that a good thing to be talking about right now? <laughs> that might bring me on to my second point with Alice, because, yeah, I, I was like, we did suitcase. We did the suitcase that they'd have to pack with oh, evacuation. I'm thinking to myself, quite heartbreaking. Yeah, this is the project my eldest wanted to do. He was desperate to do a World War II project. Okay. He wanted to work out whether the school that he goes to had ever been closed before. Right. That was his kind of starting point. Not that we've actually worked it out. That bit, I was going to say, um, do you know whether it was? No. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, we've been looking at sort of evacuation and the suitcase and stuff. And um, actually, it's been quite sweet because they've both sort of really, really enjoyed doing it. And like the two of them, you know, even though the youngest one is only four, she's got really into it as well. So Brilliant. yeah, so there, there's been some really nice moments like that. And they've been keen to do something. There's been a lot of moments when they haven't been keen to do something. And that I find quite exhausting, just chivying all the time. Yeah. Kind of encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> to... Uh, yeah, movement. Okay, so but yeah, when have you realised that you were losing? Are there, you know, if it's yeah? So the next morning, when my child, when when my youngest asked me if she would be separated from me if we had to evacuate, I realised <laughs> that maybe that's why they didn't do World War Two in in reception. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think some more age appropriate learning might be something that I need to look into. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm being very honest. Friday afternoon, I felt like crying. Like I was exhausted and frustrated by both the children. And yeah. actually, we just went outside. We went down to sort of a wooded area and and it was much better. But I just felt quite low. Yeah, I think, you know, we're going to have moments like that, aren't we? And uh, definitely, I've been parenting on my own for two weeks and it's just tiring. Like, um, but yeah, Saturday morning... Sorry to I interrupt. I had a bit of help from the husband um, because he had finally finished his farm work. And so that was amazing. He took them off for a few hours and I have felt completely rejuvenated. So, Oh, so what about you? What, what, what's been your hardest times? Oh, I don't think, well, um, maybe a, a new low for me was when I downloaded this. <laughs> I found an app that airbrushes you and I was sat having a coffee and I thought, yeah, I'm going to download that. Let's see what I look like. And basically lost half an hour of my life playing with this stupid app. And it was totally disheartening because you could, you know, you could airbrush out all of your met or all of my many imperfections. And then you could sort of click back on the photo and it showed the original. What, what you really look like. <laughs> yeah, what you really look like. And that was horrible. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so that was that was just not to be recommended and I've deleted the app and I'll never ever ever use it ever again because I hate those sorts of things I think yeah they're a bit ridiculous so yeah that was my low oh um and so another thing that we've been sort of thinking about is you know sort of escapism what's your best form of escapism oh well I'm on the third uh, book in the Wolf Hall trilogy, the Hilary Mantel. So I'm kind of escaping back to Tudor England, which is just brilliant, completely absorbing. And um, actually, when you read it, and lockdown feels pretty easy by comparison to Tudor England. And it's a, 
hefty old book. It's over 800 pages, so should keep me going for a while. How about you? What are you up to? What's your escapism? Yeah, um, I think like I did a bit of writing yesterday and oh. yeah, finally writing something. And then I read the piece that we're going to hear today um, on the podcast. Um, we've got a slightly different thing today where we're going to... Um, We've got a friend of mine reading out a blog that she wrote. Um, and yeah, I, I, reading that, I realised it was really worth writing stuff down right now. I think we'll look back on this time and we'll want to remember what we thought. And kind of this is our moment in history, isn't it? And so yeah. um, it just feels like, um, you know, the points that might feel a bit hackneyed at the moment will actually be really valuable to us in a few years time. So, yes. um, yeah, you know, I wrote down a few hackneyed pieces and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually listened to a really good podcast this week. Um, it was on the Daily, although it's actually a new podcast that they were kind of promoting. Um, right. And, love the Daily. Um, yeah, we love the Daily. And yeah, so it's a new New York Times podcast. It's going to be called Sugar Calling, okay. um, where the author, Cheryl Strayed, who's also known as Sugar, I think, um, talks to writers about what's happening right now. And she's particularly focusing on writers who are over 60 to seek their kind of wisdom. Right. And she starts off with a guy called George Saunders who kind of encourages writing about this whole scenario. And yeah, it rang very true with me after I'd enjoyed a bit of writing and reading and kind of being more creative on the subject rather than okay. the news pieces sort of thing. Okay. So the podcast felt like a more creative departure so yeah um i recommend it and i think she's gonna be doing that every week so okay check out sugar calling so who do you think is struggling the most right now this is question four what who do you think is struggling the most right now susie god i think it's different for everyone isn't it everyone's going to be living their own version of this but i really do uh feel that a lot of people have got uncertainty over their jobs you know whether they've been furloughed or whether they're just worried about their job not being there after this I think that must be I love be. the way that like this word furloughed has just kind of entered our yeah yeah absolutely um, you know, we're these on different it words aren't there that we yeah. just don't use before and, and initially I was like furloughed oh, yeah. no we're okay. just dropping that in just dropping, just that, dropping in. that in you know yeah. like it's completely normal like we've been saying yeah, yeah <laughs> we've been there we go. using it for years yeah <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I only found out how it was spelt the other day it's O-U-G-H isn't it rather than yeah. O-W yeah anyway moving on but yeah, um, and also I think uh, I read an article about people, parents who have children with special educational needs because they're not getting the respite support that they would normally get. And oh, I think I things are so particularly yeah. difficult. Um, and also, yeah, just people with children, if they're by themselves, you know, maybe if they haven't got outside space, God, that must be hard, really hard. What yeah, about you? that's the what... thing, isn't it? You sort of, like, you think sometimes, that's driving me mad, and you, just, you can't help but just think of all these people in apartment blocks or, yeah. um, you know, just in small spaces, and it's just so tricky for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got a few friends with small babies, and I think wow. that's quite tough. Like, one of them's got babies crying a lot at the moment, and, um, yeah, it's just, you know, especially when it's your first, and you're just yes. not getting any of that support from NCT friends or, yeah. like, new, you know, baby groups and that kind of thing and you're yeah, just if you're absolutely just on your own and getting to the stage to your mom and have a hug or yeah you know, it's just so tricky isn't it because you get like to that grand... stage with a newborn don't you where you just want to you're ready to kind of get out you want to start going to groups and yeah meeting other people and actually all of that will be will be put yeah. on hold and needing sort of reassurance sometimes from 
medical profession as it were and just feeling like you can't go and get that at the moment and yeah yeah and I think people with mental health problems um I don't know if people remember Tim McKenna um we had a um program with him on which was mindfulness on wheels um he struggles from bipolar yeah and he has been on Twitter I noticed just sort of saying like bipolar is, doesn't go away whilst you know lockdown's around and he just has to get out to kind of feel better. So he was sort of asking, is it okay if I cycle for six hours as long as I don't touch anyone, you know, as long as I don't come into contact with anyone? Right. I don't know what the answer to that is. But um, yeah, I can see that like people having to sort of find their own ways of feeling okay. And um, and sometimes that doesn't quite kind of fit with the lockdown stuff. So yeah. that's true. So our last question is, what do you think will happen next? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I was listening to something this morning, um, which was a Times um, podcast actually on my bike ride. And that was saying about how that, you know, it's, it's more of the same for quite a long time. And I think I think a lot of yeah. us feel like, you know, kind of focusing on sort of May, June. But I think it's going to be at least September really before we move much beyond where we are. I might be wrong, um, but that's kind of what they were saying with the science kind of behind them. Um and ultimately, our you know our real way out of this is going to be a vaccine, which is coming along really quickly, apparently. But you know, is a year away. So yes, yeah, I guess like a lot of it is kind of getting your head around, you know, coping with this rather than like thinking that it's going to be gone in a week, sort of thing, like or even a month or two months. So yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm really kind of looking at it as quite a long term situation. Like I think that's probably quite healthy, and I think that you know, different people cope with it in different ways. And they were saying like, you know, if you can really think about why you're doing it and have a reason. And I and I think, yeah, so I kind of focus on the fact that I want my parents to be all right. And therefore I would happily stay inside for a year if that meant they were okay. So that's kind of, yeah. you know, that's a good enough reason. Yeah. So I suppose maybe that's what you do. Yeah. And I, I do really hope that we kind of get used to it, you know, in a good way, because we are incredibly adaptable and, you know, for me, as I said, I kind of went a bit full on to begin with, but I feel now as though I've found my rhythm and kind of got used, not got yeah. used to it, but you know, I've adapted. It's, it's okay. But, you know, of course, it just depends on your situation, doesn't it? And I do, I do recognize that everyone's going to be experiencing this in all sorts of ways. But, you know, hopefully, people will adapt and will, you know, continue to kind of follow the rules because otherwise it's like all of that hard work just gets undone so the red wine is is definitely yeah a pleasure that I hadn't really had before I've gone off red wine for ages but I've come back oh good good back (laughs) back to the fold there was a very um a very smart looking woman actually in the supermarket the other day (laughs) said to one of the shop assistants she said is there any is there any limitation on how much wine I can buy? And he said, Well, no, you know, it's not like Lou Roll or hand sanitizer. Oh, brilliant. Said, but you know, as long as you're not walking out with kind of cases of the stuff. And she she just kind of visibly breathed a sigh of relief. And I thought, yeah, I'm with you on that, love. I completely get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's not an essential, so knock so, yourself yeah, out I mean bloody well it's an essential <laughs> isn't it but anyway but it obviously there is. we go oh yeah so Susie do you have any podcast recommendations because you've already had mine with Sugar Calling but um I'd love to hear not really a podcast but it is a backstory favorite Esther Perel the wonderful Esther um yes, she has been she's doing a four-parter and she's done the first one it's available on YouTube I think you can like sign up through her Facebook page and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah and basically she is of course looking 
looking at relationships, but she's looking at them at this time of lockdown. And as I say, she's only done the first one so far, but it was good. And just one of the things that I took from it is about reframing the language that we use. So it's not all about, you know, it's not all negative language. It's not all about lockdown and social distancing, but you can use words like cocooning and connecting safely and just kind of trying to slightly reframe how you think about things, which... I thought it was mm. worth a go. Yeah, it's funny how we often use quite negative words yeah. on these different occasions, isn't it? Look at lockdown. It's pretty like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels restrictive, doesn't it? Whereas cocooning is about kind of keeping safe and keeping well and which I guess is what we're all trying to do and connecting safely. So that's, you know, rather than talking about distancing, it's actually looking at how we stay in contact with each other, how we connect with each other, but do it in a, in a new way, in a safe way. So yeah, you know, little things might make a difference. Little bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like that. Okay. So let's hear from Lex. Um, She lives in Sussex in the UK and And she wrote this piece that we're just going to hear now on her blog last week. And it just really caught a lot of what I had thought this week. Some funny moments, some very poignant, like the moment when her child was on the trampoline. So here she is. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Coronavirus. Diary of a working mum. I think I drew the long straw. As I write, my husband is herding the children around the telly for a Joe Wicks PE session. The eldest, 12, is making excuses and heading to the kitchen, pretending she needs more water. The youngest, 6, is rolling around on the floor, getting under everyone's feet and screeching when she gets trodden on. The middle, 9, is diligently stretching in preparation and has a Rubik's Cube in each pocket for when it gets a bit boring. I'm in the next room, avoiding the drama. I started work at 8am. My homeschooling shift doesn't start till 1 This morning was similar to yesterday's in a planned attempt to structure a day of homeschooling three children and holding down two jobs. I'm in marketing and my husband is a freelance market researcher. Day one, yesterday, was a good day. Husband instigated a morning meeting with the board members, kids, and together they planned the day. 
Eldest had a lot of clear instruction from her secondary school and was happy to crack on with this, only coming downstairs to annoy her siblings or to steal food from the fridge. Middle needed a lot of tech support and had to have his stash of 23 Rubik's Cubes locked away until the designated break time. Youngest had the most support from school in terms of suggestions for work, but needed the most hands-on help. When Eldest was downstairs trying to distract everyone, Middle was demanding immediate tech support in near tears frustration. Youngest, refusing to wear her hearing aids because it's not a real school day, began broadcasting at deafening volume. Dad, how do you spell ladder? Dad, Dad! And these moments, when all three needed attention, were stressful. From the next room, I could hear husband's voice straining, finally erupting with, I cannot do everything at once, which made me want to go in and help, while also knowing I wouldn't. Everything is funnier from a distance. I had a video call when they had their music practice. I could hear Eldest's rendition of Ed Sheeran's photograph on the piano, jarring horribly with Middle's guitar strumming. Youngest opted out and began a complex interpretative dance, weaving between both while wearing an earnest yet wistful expression. Husband flitted between them, offering endless positive reinforcement. I muted the microphone and tried to concentrate. With the hum of family life in the background, I managed to get some work done. WhatsApp was in hyperdrive, however, so I had to turn the sound off and hide my phone. When I picked it up an hour later, I had more than 100 messages, mostly from the three class groups I'm in. There were tech questions about how to submit work. There were pictures of children doing a Joe Wicks workout. There were mums frantically trying to work and entertain the kids. And there was a lot of support. Messages in smaller WhatsApp groups with close friends saw a lot of sharing of tips and of encouraging words. Lists of kid-friendly films and teacher resources landed like rain. Requests for video calls with my children came in. I scheduled them according to the finely tuned schedule husband was resolutely sticking to in the belief that structure would be our saviour. Quiet times came when it was snack time or reading time. I'd wonder if they'd gone out as the wall-to-wall sound from next door stopped suddenly, but then one would start laughing or shouting and the agenda moved everyone on again. Work is strange. Teams are keeping in touch via Slack and Zoom, Google Hangouts and email. It's not the same, but it's working. I now have more than 25 Slack channels, with new ones springing up to share positive thoughts on working from home or to share non-work exploits which would normally have been talked over at our desks. There's definitely a novelty to it at the moment. People are saying strange times a lot. I'm not missing the London commute and we're seeing a bit of sun. I read Catelyn Moran's column about homeworking where she predicted we'd become obsessed with the birds in the garden. Soon after, I noticed a family of blue tits in the garden and the novelty of our current situation seemed a gift. It's not all plain sailing, though. My uncle has the virus and, while not in mortal danger, is struggling. His wife is in the at-risk group, having recently recovered from cancer. Some friends have some symptoms and are not leaving the house. Some have family who have the disease who they can't visit. They feel helpless and sick with worry. It's easy to forget that when the kids are drawing rainbows to stick in the windows, it's something to show solidarity and to give passing kids a bit of distraction. And while husband and I are sharing chores, which would usually be down to one of us, there is this looming coronavirus. It feels like a silent wave about to crash. All we can do is hunker down, seed control and hope for the best. I asked the kids individually if they were worried about coronavirus. 
Eldest said yes, I knew she was because she's had a sore throat and nausea, both psychosomatic symptoms she gets when edgy. But she's not scared for herself, just for her grandparents and great granddad who she understands are more at risk. Middle was fine until they closed the schools. All he could say was that that made him realise it was something he should perhaps be scared of. But then his Rubik's Cubes won't solve themselves. Coronavirus is way down his list of worries compared to achieving a personal best on the 4x4 cube, if he's honest. Youngest one is concerned but can't grasp the nub of it. Me. How do you feel about the coronavirus that people are talking about? Youngest. Mm, Not sure. Me. Do you understand what it is? Youngest. Yes, mummy. Rolls eyes dramatically. We must wash our hands a lot and not cough on people. Me. Exactly. So do you feel okay about it? Youngest. Dead. Me. What? Youngest. Dead. Me. You're worried people will die? Youngest. Only old people like Grandad and Grandma. Mummy, can we play mermaids now? So although a certain amount of worry exists, we're not in anxiety territory. As far as my first shift as studio teacher went, I can report that things went smoothly. Youngest and I planted a bean and talked about the giant that would doubtless soon be living at the top of the stalk once it grew big enough. Youngest, Middle and I went into the shed and did some painting. Somehow a bit obsessed about having different places to be for different activities. I'm relieved that the sunny weather has meant I can repurpose the shed into a classroom, even if it is full of spiders and garden forks and plant pots. Middle painted a dark sky onto which he stuck a picture of an iceberg for a school Titanic project. Youngest lay on the trampoline and wrote a list of all the signs of summer she could think of. I looked at her from the other end of the garden. As she carefully wrote in the new homework book from school, the petals of a magnolia tree gently fell around her. The sun caught her hair and I caught my breath. I was gripped at once with fear. Fear that she would succumb to the disease. Fear that I would get it and not be able to look after her. I felt love for her I can't get close to describing. Deep breaths. Middle set his painting out to dry and asked if we could play football. As we played, I could see Eldest in the fridge, illegally snaffling snacks. We all then went to the shop to get milk and food for dinner. Not having stockpiled, I feel faintly nervous about our lack of provisions. What I did have, though, was a pocket full of chocolate to bribe them there and back with me, which they would only get if they could show me they could stay more than two metres away from anyone we might come by. I wondered how much longer we'd have the freedom to nip to the shops. After school ended, the rest of the day was like most others. A bit of play, a bit of telly, all the cushions from the sofa stacked up in a huge pile for jumping on, always ending in tears when one falls off and hits the wall. But I no longer issue this warning knowing that they'll do it anyway. One then fell off and hit the wall. There were tears. Dinner is now together. Pre-corona, the kids would eat before we did. This made me make a mental list of all the positives I'm seeing now. More family time, more time to talk and listen, less time pressure, no swimming lessons to get to, no school run to stress over, no getting out the door at 8.45am on a Saturday for basketball. The sun's out, so more time in the garden. Opportunities to fix annoying things in the house, like the lampshade that's been wonky for two years and the mouldy ceiling in the bathroom to paint over or disguise. Of course there are negatives. Youngest had to cancel her birthday party on Saturday. There's something about losing our freedom which hasn't hit yet, but will. There's an unease, the slow, silent wave. 
I know we're in a honeymoon period and know that much of what is negative has yet to be felt. In the meantime, I've made a list of jobs around the house that need doing. I'm going to learn crochet, I think. I'm also forging a deep relationship with the blue tits outside. So for the time being, the sun is out, metaphorically speaking too. Wish us luck. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Search for The Backstory with Claire and Susie in your podcast directory. For sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to take part in a show, please contact hello at thebackstorypodcast.co.uk. The Backstory Podcast is produced by Tin Shared Productions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.